0: Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game Mobile app and online at 1037TheGame.com. It is a Saints touchdown! This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey baby! We're gonna be! call us up at 337-706-0111 I like this kind of party. Now here's your host, Jordy Holberg, And a great good afternoon and a happy
1: Friday. Yay! May 27th, the year 2022. The sun is out, it's a beautiful day. It's uh the kids are out of school. It's the start of the Memorial Day holiday weekend. All things are good. The weather's cleared up, but we're playing baseball. We had a dramatic um, 12th inning affair in Lake Charles. We we've got it all covered for you today starting off with LSU baseball. They um boy, their bats are hot. They are hot. Um scoring what? 3 runs in the 3rd, 3 runs in the 4th, 3 runs in the 6th. Two more runs in the seventh. Uh, they took care of business against the Kentucky Wildcats, 11-6, to six, to stay on the winner's side of the bracket. And that sets up a great matchup tonight as LSU will take on the number one seed, the number one ranked team in the country, the Tennessee Volunteers. Approximately 8 o'clock tonight should be a great team, great game between two of the hottest hitting teams in the country. When you look at the last five games for both of these teams, LSU has scored 70 runs in their last five games. Tennessee leads the SEC in scoring, and they scored 69 runs in that same five-game time span. Of course, you can listen to the game right here. Uh, on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, which takes me to my main man, James Mesh, who's back in the master control suite in the game studio, which is on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're streaming 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com, and uh, if you're in the Acadiana area we are also simulcast 32.3 on stadium tv and 133 on LUS fiber so between the radio the internet and the television wow it's kind of scary we're here we're there and we're everywhere so we'll delve into the Tigers win last night um Michaela Hilliard did his part Uh, And the Tigers held on and get a big-time win to yet increase their chances into hosting a regional. If they beat Tennessee tonight, if they beat the number one-ranked team in the country, their RPI will zoom up, and LSU will secure a regional hosting bid if they can beat Tennessee. Tennessee's had one of those incredible years But Tennessee won two out of three against, I mean, uh, um, Kentucky won two out of three against Tennessee. So you never know. You never know. We'll talk with Bill Frankez uh, in Hoover, Alabama. Um, Talk about last night. Who's going to get the ball tonight? Um, And, uh, you know, Mr. He's got the historical viewpoint of LSU baseball. I don't know how many times LSU's faced the number one team in the country. A lot of times they have been the number one team in the country and gotten everybody's best shot, but this Tennessee team is special. Um, Good news on the Pelicans front, but intriguing news on the Pelicans front. Uh, Yesterday, the Pels cleared Zion Williamson to return to the court with no restrictions. So while the injury issues may be improving, Zion and the Pelicans organization still have some potential contract drama coming up this off season. You see, Zion is entering the final season of his rookie contract, and while he certainly has superstar potential, the word on the street is the Pel's are weary of offering him a fully guaranteed supermax deal due to his frequent injuries. Apparently, the, the Pels and Gail Benson are trying to work out a um, Saints-style, football-style mentality with the contract negotiation. They're going to offer him a huge contract, but will not guarantee all of it. So this this looms like a big battle uh, coming up. We'll talk with Rafe Rattler, who does a uh, podcast, he and his brother, you know, a podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans. We'll get his thoughts on that. Um, Meanwhile, the Golden State Warriors closed out the Dallas Mavericks, so they get to sit and wait as the Western Conference champions and the Western Conference representative in the upcoming NBA finals. They will be watching fervently in Boston tonight as the Celtics try to close out the Miami Heat. Celtics uh, won game five on the road in Miami. Miami. Game six is tonight at TD Ameritrade Garden. Celts will try and close it out, and uh, we'll talk about that as well. Larry Holder will share his thoughts in our number two, as we always do, uh, on the New Orleans Saints, OTAs. What's the status with um, Alvin Kamara? Are we ever going to figure out what's going on with this? What does he think the penalty is going to be? Uh, for Alvin, how many games is he going to miss? Who's going to be the guy? Who's going to step in? Uh, and how much of a blow will that be? We'll talk with George Faust of KLFY Sports. Um, the and Cajuns baseball team has been in Montgomery, Alabama since Monday, and they still haven't played a single game yet until today, when in a little less than two hours, they will tee it up against uh, the South Alabama Jaguars. Uh, and, uh, coach Matt Deggs is not at all pleased with the Sunbelts move to a single elimination format. The SEC hasn't gone single elimination. They're just going to keep playing and playing. But so we shall see. We'll talk with George Faust about that. George Becknell will join us as he does each and every Friday with, uh, along with my producer, James Mesh. And we'll talk about a bunch of stuff like the UL football season is going to feature five games, um, in the 2022 regular season on ESPN networks. So good for them. Exposure is always good. And you can thank uh, Billy Napier and those players from, from last year for that. Um, So we'll delve into that uh, with games like Marshall and Southern Miss and Georgia Southern Southeastern rice. Uh, So the first five games, the, the, the raging Kings is no, that uh, who they will play, where they will play them, and how people can see them. It was also announced yesterday, this year's New Orleans Bowl will be held at 8 p.m. Wednesday, December 21st. So that's kind of been a home away from home for the Cajuns of late, which is always good. So five of UL's 12 scheduled games for the 2022 regular season will be on one of the ESPN family of networks, including three on one of their linear networks. So um, good for them. Good for them. Um, What else do we have here? Um, LSU baseball. That's that's pretty good against number one ranked uh, Tennessee. That's pretty darn good. We told you yesterday, um, four games for LSU football. Uh, and that, uh, you know, Florida State, the opener in New Orleans, that's a 6.30 kickoff on ABC. And then the uh, the first ever meeting between two schools separated by Nicholson Drive. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like a five-minute drive to get to a Southern, well, you know, a little bit longer than that, to get to Southern from, from LSU. And it will feature the Golden Band from Tigerland versus Southern's Human Jukebox. And me, for one, hopes that LSU and their great band will do a very, very short version. In fact, let the Tiger band do the pregame stuff and turn the halftime over to Southern's human jukebox. You know, Cajun fans, you've seen Southern come up to, uh, to Cajun field and, and do their thing. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great if LSU would just say, you know what, you guys just take it and run with it. That game, September 10th, 6.30 on the SEC network. Uh, September 17th, Mississippi State at home in Tiger Stadium. That's a 5 p.m. kickoff. That'll be a blazing saddles game. It'll be hot, hot September 17th. That's on ESPN. And uh, September 24th, New Mexico, 6.30 p.m. I think it might be the first game I've ever seen that is not on a major network. You, You have to do it streaming. Uh, SEC Network Plus. Uh, First time I think I've ever seen that. So so we shall see. We shall see. All right. Um, Busy, busy day. Great opportunity for LSU baseball. They took care of business late, late last night. Now another golden opportunity to take on the number one ranked team in the country. We'll start our Friday edition of the Jordy Helpert Show right here on 103.7. Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, going to Hoover, Alabama, where the Tigers and the Vowels will meet tonight. And I fully believe if LSU can pull this one off, they'll be hosting next Friday. In Alec Box Stadium, Skip Burtman Field in the NCAA Regional. We'll get Bill Franke's thoughts after this timeout. This is the Jordy Heltberg Show. We're on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's Friday. Everybody's in a great mood. If you're traveling out and about, please don't get distracted. Be safe. Have a great weekend. And listen to us for the next hour and 47 minutes. We'll be right back. <laughs>
0: Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Well, after all the rain delays and waiting and waiting, LSU finally got their start in the SEC baseball tournament. And boy, I, I was concerned about them staying hot with the bat in their hands, but that was alleviated quite early. Uh, they take care of business against Kentucky they win it 11 to six setting up a what a great opportunity as the Tigers will take on the number one ranked Tennessee volunteers roughly around eight o'clock tonight he was up work until early in the morning and he's kind enough to join us the uh, sports information director in charge of baseball the voice of Alec Box Stadium Skid Bertman field and he does color on the on the radio when the Tigers are on the road the, the one the only Bill Franquez. How how you holding up, man? You got some rest? Yeah, Jordy. Uh,
3: feeling pretty good right now. Uh, you know, got back to the hotel. I guess at about oh two fifteen this morning, and maybe got to bed around three thirty or so. So, uh, got a, got a few hours in. So, uh, looking forward to tonight. Uh, LSU versus Tennessee. Of course, Tennessee has really dominated the SEC and, and all of college baseball all year long. They already have fifty yeah. wins. Twenty-five and five in the SEC, so a big challenge, of course. Uh, the guy they're pitching tonight just happened to be the SEC pitcher of the year <laughs> this year, Chase DoLander. So, uh, you know, I think the Tigers are excited though; they're, they're excited for this opportunity. And uh, yeah. I think last night was a huge win. And then we talked earlier in the week that maybe it would be better if LSU played Auburn because Auburn has a much higher RPI than Kentucky, but it didn't work out that way. But still, uh, the Tigers' RPI right now is number twenty after yeah. the win last night. Well, let so me, I think LSU's me, right on the brink of, of, uh, being able to secure a host site.
1: Let me put it to you this way, Bill. If LSU beats Tennessee tonight, you can yeah. just pack the bags, go home
3: because yeah. you're hosting yeah. next weekend. <laughs> I think you're exactly right. That would, man, that would be so exciting if LSU was able to win tonight. Uh, well, I tell you what, yeah. though, it, 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 I would love it if we had our, our whole team available. As, as you know, uh, Last night, Jacob Berry and, and Kay Doty didn't play, and I, right. I would be surprised if they play at all in this tournament. I, Jay's hmm. made it pretty clear that he wants to have them ready for the NCAA tournament. I you're talking it. about a guy in Berry who's probably a top 10 pick and a guy in Doty who's uh, at worst early second round pick. And it, without okay. those two guys in the lineup, it, it's tough, but hey, last That's night, you okay. played very well. You got Josh
1: Pearson, baby. You got yeah. Josh Pearson. It, yeah, it, it's OK. Yeah.
3: <laughs> exactly. How about that? Five for five. His first ever SEC tournament game.
1: That's that, that's crazy. A freshman. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm I'm watching the game and uh, they're talking about uh, this is the next star in LSU baseball and in yeah. the long list of stars. And what does he do? He comes up and goes five for five. Wow. Yeah.
3: That's was amazing. You know, no LSU player had ever had five hits in an SEC tournament game until Josh did it last night. So he's in some pretty elite company. It had only been done uh, nine previous times, and the, the all-time record uh, was accomplished by one player, a kid named Kendrick Moore, for Arkansas back in 1995, had six hits in an SEC tournament game. But yeah, Josh was just uh, phenomenal last night
1: um Michaela Hilliard did his part um and now Devin Fontenot got a little roughed up but he's got more career appearances than any tiger in the program's history so that's that's nice um we don't know who's going to pitch tonight uh we we know who's pitching for uh for Tennessee but man you're you're the historian normally it's LSU that's ranked number one in the country playing everybody how many times have we played the number one ranked team in the country in baseball
3: yeah, it's happened a few times. Naturally, um, I guess most recently, you know, I have a harder time remembering what happened last year than I do twenty years ago. But uh, last year, I need to look it up and double check. But I know both both Arkansas and Vanderbilt last year were either number one or very close to number one. Okay. One of those two was definitely number one when they came to the box last year. And of course, uh, LSU got swept by Vanderbilt last year and lost two out of three to Arkansas. I remember a big series in 2017. Again, I, I, I'm sorry, my memory's fading. No, no, I, gotta check I, the look, record, I didn't but, for you to go through uh, the litany of You're amazing. Uh, this. Texas A&M came into the box as the number one team. But, oh, yeah, we played – in recent years, we played some number one teams in the SEC. But, man, you know, Tennessee looks to be the most powerful of, of them all right now, the way they're playing.
1: Well, you know, that's uh... – you never know. Vanderbilt and Kentucky are tied at one apiece in the fourth inning. Uh, we saw earlier today kind of surprising. Uh, but Florida said uh, yeah. goodbye to Arkansas. Florida wins at 7-5. So you never know what's going to happen uh, in You're these right. tournaments. But but you got two teams that are, that are red hot. They're both hitting the cover off the ball. Uh, LSU, I, I saw a stat. They've scored 70 runs in their last five games. Tennessee, right. who leads the SEC in scoring, has scored 69 runs in that same
3: time span. This game could last forever. <laughs> but Yeah, it's amazing, Jordy. Uh, I think LSU's offense has kind of been under the radar all year because Tennessee has just been so dominant.
1: Yeah. But you, yeah. if you
3: look at the SEC statistics, in virtually every offensive category, Tennessee's number one and LSU's number two. Yeah, And yeah. I think now, and re- after that sweep of Vanderbilt, I think people became a little more aware of just how potent the LSU offense can be. And you're right, during this five-game win streak, uh, beginning with the midweek game against Northwestern State, Tiger offense has just been spectacular. But, yeah, you look at uh, down the line, every category, Tennessee's number one, but LSU's right there uh, oh, yeah. at number two. You know, As far as batting average, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, huh. Home runs, yeah. just about every category. So this should be a great matchup.
1: Um, man, Cruz is playing like like the Co-SEC Player of the Year yeah. that he is. Pearson had a great game. Jordan Thompson drives in three runs. Uh, we just get Trey Morgan back on track. Everybody else yeah. is like, uh, just it's it's crazy. Um, and if Morgan steps up like he is so capable of, man, what what a lineup.
3: Yeah, it, again, <laughs> again. What LSU accomplishes last night without Barry and Doty, I think it's really remarkable. Uh, you know, the guys like uh, Drew Bianco uh, gets the start at second base last night. He gets hit by a pitch twice. Gets on base and, and helps to spark beginnings for LSU. Collier Cranford, uh, great defensive plays at third base. He made at least three plays. Uh, that uh, most third basemen at the college level maybe don't make because he is so athletic and he can get to a ball so quickly with his great range also tremendous leaping ability. That play he made in the ninth inning off of that uh, high hopper was a big play to get the first out of the inning uh, for Kentucky in the top of the ninth. So, yeah, all these guys are are making big-time contributions. And and having Gavin Dugas back last night as well after he missed the entire Vanderbilt series, that was a boost to the club as well. So, hopefully, uh, the Tigers will continue to find a way uh, tonight yeah. against Tennessee. Um,
1: you know, I always get worried. Uh, You know, Kentucky gets things going in the second inning with a two-run homer. They lead two to zip. Uh, LSU fails to score in the bottom of the second. Yeah. Uh, but in the bottom of the third, LSU puts a three-spot. Bottom of the fourth, they put a three-spot. And now you're like, okay. Then in the sixth, they did it again. The seventh, they scored two. Um, Man alive. That uh, – that's pretty good, pretty darn good. That, uh, you know, well, what an what an opportunity tonight, though. Uh, who do you think? Yeah. Who do you think will start for LSU? Any, is, well, uh,
3: who would I have a pretty on? good idea, Jordy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I feel pretty confident in saying that it, it will be Ty Floyd on the mound tonight.
0: Okay. Uh,
3: right. Jay sort of hinted at that. Uh, I know when he did his uh, pregame interview for uh, the radio network with Chris Blair yesterday. He he did mention Ty specifically, and he sort of indicated we we may keep things the same way they were last weekend. So uh, I think Ty has earned that opportunity. He's he's pitched extremely well in the last month. Uh, Great starting outing to beat Vanderbilt last Friday. And prior to that, he'd been spectacular. Um, It was kind of, again, uh, under the radar because Ole Miss swept us, but his relief outing in the second Ole Miss game was excellent. Gave a great relief outing uh, the week prior at Alabama. So you can see him emerging as someone who can definitely be a factor in the starting rotation. You know, he's got great uh, velocity on his fastball, 94 miles per hour. And he's developed those secondary pitches. He's developed the off speed stuff with coach Jason Kelly, and that's going to make him an even more effective pitcher. So uh, I would look for Floyd most likely to take the mound tonight for the Tigers.
1: Man, anything over four innings is like uh, a yeah. manna from heaven. Just get me four innings and then turn it over to the bullpen and see what happens and keep this thing close. Uh, you never yep. know. All the pressure's on Tennessee. Um, right, I, exactly. I, would, I would think, but uh, not, you know, they're going to host a regional. They're going to host a super regional yeah. if they go that way. So I, I don't know. I don't know who the pressure's on, but why not just turn it loose and let's go for it?
3: Yeah, exactly, Jordy. I'd be interested to see how long uh, Coach Tony Vitale goes with Phil Lander, the starting pitcher, because uh-huh. you're right. In, in the grand scheme of things, this tournament doesn't mean a whole lot to Tennessee other than just continuing to, to be in a rhythm and to play at a high level going into, into the NCAA tournament. But they've locked up everything you can lock up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. They won the SEC going away. They're a, a sure far. They'll be the number one seed in the NCAA tournament without a doubt. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they how they choose to to, to uh, use Dolander in tonight's game. But uh, they've got plenty of arms behind him. Man, I, for the first time in person, I saw this kid, Ben Joyce, last night, their closer, as uh-huh. he finished out the Vanderbilt game, 102 miles per hour on the, on the radar gun here in Hoover. So hopefully we're in a situation where we don't see him tonight.
1: All right. Well, um, yeah, let's have a big lead and they can rest him and and there we can go. go secure a host, a host spot. And uh, uh, what would that, what, what kind of an accomplishment? We take it for granted with LSU baseball that that's a given. Uh, yeah. Shame on you, Skip Bertman and Paul area. It's like a given that LSU's <laughs> going to host a regional. But with a new coach, with an influx of new players, injuries, yep. uh, with the season yeah. that Tennessee's had, the season that Arkansas had, what kind of an accomplishment would that be to secure a host role?
3: Yeah, I think it makes a great statement for Coach Johnson and his staff uh, to to develop a, a team that's capable of hosting a regional because you're right, it was a whole new uh, whole new philosophy, a whole new way of, uh, of doing things, and uh, this team has suffered a multitude of injuries. I mean, go way back to the very first midweek game of the year at Louisiana Tech, Javen Coleman, the lefty pitcher, who would have been a starter and may have been the ace of the staff. He's out for the year that very first midweek game of the season. And as we know, the injuries we've had to to Dugas, Cade Beloso's hurt on the first night of the season. Uh, Dugas, as I mentioned, uh, Barry, Doty, all those, Milazzo, the catcher. (laughs) I mean, to overcome all of that and to be in this position, I think is a real testament to to both the players and the staff. Uh, You you know, you may remember last year's team finished ninth in the SEC and only won 13 SEC games. This team has now won 18 SEC games and finishing the top four in the league. So I think it's a great accomplishment, and and to host a regional would really cap off. I think it would be a fantastic first season. Of course, the Tigers will want more uh, after having an opportunity to host.
1: Well, it gets underway in theory uh, around 8 o'clock tonight. Right. Um, And uh, we'll see what happens. Good luck. Thank you so much for your time. The weather is not an issue in Hoover anymore. Uh, clear Not skies ahead. So let's, let's play some baseball and good luck to the Tigers, man. Thank you, all Bill. Right, Jordy, thank you. All right, buddy. Yes. Bill Frank the voice of Alec box stadium and skip Bertman field uh, to the professional side. If you want to see the Astros in person, listen up the game. One Oh three, seven Lafayette one Oh four. One Lake Charles wants to hook you up on our latest Astros weekend. getaway. Houston takes on the Chicago white Sox Saturday, June 18th. And you can be there Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian, Houston, Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Zion's been cleared to play, but are the Pell's going to pay? We'll talk about that next here on the Jordy Helpert Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. <laughs>
0: He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg. On the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: All right, we shift gears to the nba we saw the golden state warriors close out their uh, series against the dallas mavericks winning it four games to one they'll be in the nba finals as they sit back and wait and watch tonight's game six between the boston celtics at home against the miami heat the seas are up three games to two trying to close that one out uh the news on the home front is that uh, zion williamson was cleared by the pelicans uh to return to the court with no restrictions um we welcome on board a new guest uh on our show and thrilled to have him does a tremendous job as the co-host of the new orleans pelicans podcast at Pell's pod rafe rattler kind of joy is with us rafe uh thanks for the hey. time man how the heck are you i'm doing all right how about yourself jordy I'm doing great, man. You guys do a great job on this podcast. And uh, when you heard the word, what what was the first thing that came to mind when you heard that Zion could actually go out there and play five on five, pick up whatever he wants to do?
4: Uh, Finally would have to be the word. Um, I think that all folks that that have watched the Pelicans throughout this season, uh, both fan media and things like that. And seeing the growth uh, within the organization from an administrative standpoint to the uh, folks on the team to Willie Green uh, as a head coach. And then seeing what Zion Williamson added to that formula uh, could make. I think everyone's excited for the future of this franchise.
1: So that's the good news. Now we've got the issue of Zion and the Pelicans and a a contract. Um, (laughs) And there's reports coming up from uh, insider Brian Windhorst who said that uh, from what he has been told, the Pelicans are not willing to offer a full five-year, quote, guaranteed deal. Zion's in the final season of his rookie contract, and because of all the injury issues, so are we heading to some off-season drama here? I'm sure
4: it won't be as uh, easy as Zion made it seem in his postseason presser. Uh, I know that was a a big thing that everyone ran with uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of him willing to sign it right away. But I do think that there will be some back and forth, right? Uh, It's a very unique situation. And here you have a player who's played a very short amount of games uh, in in just his short career thus far. But in those games, he's been phenomenal and electric. And so uh, David Griffiths has got uh, quite the task on his hands to really figure out what's the right formula, right? What's going to get Zion both engaged and get him focused and determined to maximize every single cent that he's worth, but what's also protecting the franchise along the way. So it'll be a really interesting formula. It'll be a really interesting back and forth, uh, hoping all Pelicans fans are hoping that it resolves relatively quickly.
1: Well, according to the report, uh, the uh, the Pels are going to take a football style, Saint style mentality with the contract negotiation. They'll offer him a, a huge contract, but like in football, we'll offer you two hundred million, but a hundred and ten millions guaranteed, something like that. Uh, I can't imagine there being a wide gulf. That I mean, don't you build yeah. in um, game incentive? Look, if you play in an eighty-two game regular season, if we get you. For seventy-five games, then all the money's guaranteed for that year. Something like that—is that how it works?
4: Right. So I think the the most common or the 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 most recent case that you could look at is Joel Embiid. Right. Uh, the way right. that he worked with the franchise, knowing that his first couple seasons he didn't play. Right. And so there was a right. a lot of similarities between his situation and Zion. But when he did play, he was a phenomenal talent on the court. And so. Um, I think what's to be worked out uh, is very, very similar to that deal, right? Something that allows Zion to get uh, the maximum amount of money that he can get, but it's determined upon his time on the court. Um, and so it, it happened in the Joel and B situation where he played through it, he earned his money, and then shortly after they ripped it up and gave him a supermax. And that might be the strategy David Griffin and yep. his team uh, kind of deploys on this one.
1: I hope Zion has the same kind of uh, start but finish to his career like, we were all worried that Steph Curry would never play because of his ankles. Right. Um and look what happened to him and the, the same thing with Joel Embiid and look what's happened to him. So hopefully Zion uh will be good, man. I, I, in that lineup now. Um man, that's uh that, that's a formidable force with Zion and <laughs> Ingram and uh, McCollum. Uh that's that's a pretty good trio there. Yeah, absolutely.
4: It's going to be one of the top trios in the league to reckon with. And then when you partner that with a Jonas Valanciunas, who's probably one of the top centers in the league this, this season and Herb Jones, who, you know, he got snubbed for the all defensive teams, but right. uh, that's a phenomenal defense out of a rookie in terms of where he landed right. in terms of the entire league, right? How he compared against that. So you add that with a Trey Murphy and a Jose Alvarado getting the entire Smoothie King go. Center going uh that's a that's a that's a formula for success so it'll be it'll be uh interesting to see what the pelicans look like coming out the gates next season
1: they get the eighth pick in the draft um if you're the general manager what type of player do you want the pels to take with that eighth pick
4: Sure. I would be looking for a a player that fits the mold of what they've been building in this roster thus far, someone who is going to have a high ceiling defensively because what you've seen over these playoffs is that the the players that cannot defend get isolated, and they get picked on in the playoffs almost to the point where a lot of the shooters that are specialists in that particular area are driven off the floor because they can't defend. And so uh, to kind of go along with what the, the, the flow of, the, the Pelicans have been the last couple of years, you're looking for high high ceiling defenders, but also someone with the ability to shoot the ball. The Pelicans were rated in the bottom uh, five, I believe, in three-point shooting this season. With Zion coming back on the court, which, uh, attracting so much attention with B.I. and with a full season with C.J. and Willie Green to kind of incorporate their talents all together, there's going to be so many open shots on the three-point line. And the more you can bring in, other than trade Murphy and things like that, the better the fit for this roster.
3: Is
1: there a name that you, you like from what you have seen that you believe would be available at number eight that fits that mold?
4: Uh, my best bet would be the Benedict Matherin out of Arizona. Uh, I'm not okay. sure if he's going to make it to the eighth pick. Uh, you're, you're always uh, in for a surprise with the NBA draft. There'll be some trades up and trades down, uh, I'm sure, this year. Uh, but his skill set fits exactly well with what this Pelicans team is needing. He's an extremely athletic player with room to grow defensively, uh, but he's a knockdown shooter. His freshman year uh, at Arizona, he's played more of a catch-and-shoot role, which we'll need need on this team for the Pelicans this season. And then the second year, he was asked to carry the load more offensively, but that three-point shooting was still at a 38% clip uh, for the year. So a phenomenal shooter. He's more of a catch-and-shooter at this point, similar to a Trey Murphy. He probably still needs to work on his handle a little bit, Mm -hmm. Uh, but his skill set fills really well what the Pelicans are building.
1: Rafe Rattler, uh, just rattling it off. I love it. Um, <laughs> Jackson Hayes, Devontae Graham, are they Pelicans next year?
4: Um, it'll be interesting to see what this, this, this summer looks like, right? Uh, Devontae Graham obviously had his struggles uh, thus far this year, shooting the ball, didn't have the, the performance that the Pelicans thought he would have or the impact that thought he would have. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what his, his salary do, what they do there. As far as Jackson Hayes is a really complicated player, right? You've seen the hot, the the upside, the the potential that he's shown, but it's been inconsistent here and there. And now with Zion coming back in the fold, there's questions to how do you mix him in. But he's right. got such a such a rare skill set in the league thus far with his length and his ability to defend and switch, which you really need um as you go further in the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see if there's Something worked out. Something moves. Something some type of addition of a athletic big to to kind of cover those situations that you got caught in for DeAndre Ayton. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with with Jackson Hayes. But my my gut says one of them stays
5: and so one of them goes.
1: Ooh, um, I'm not sold on Devonte Graham. I'm sorry, he's he's short. Um, it's tough to get shots off. If I had to pick between the two. I would take Jackson Hayes, but I don't know how I'm getting Jackson Hayes on the floor because Zion's coming. And here's, here's what you have to deal with now. Um, That's a shot maker and a shot taker. So Brandon Ingram's shot value is going to go down a little bit. CJ McCollum's shots per game is going to go down a little bit. Uh, It's just a natural thing. Now, if they all buy in for, the good of the team, then, then you don't have issues, right? Uh, let's all win. Uh, let's win games and we all win in the long run type of thing. But I, I don't know where you get Jackson Hayes on the court.
4: Right, right. I mean, this year, season he had, went through his, his battles b- both being on the court, being sitting down, and then toward the end of the season you kind of found his his groove. And with Zion being thrown into there, I will say between Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum and Zion, those are three of the most efficient scores in the league. So something tells me what Willie Green's been able to do in terms of getting the best out of players on the roster thus far, he'll have a plan for Zion and how this team will fit together. So something tells me they're very unselfish players by by nature. So something tells me that it's going to work itself out to some degree. As far as Jackson goes, it'll be interesting to see what his focus is this summer. Is it more shooting the open three when Jackson had his good games this season? It was mostly on very efficient shots. It was, Uh, 10 shots, 8 shots, 6 shots, even his, even his great games, we scored 20 plus. It was very uh, low usage, uh, high, wide open, high percentage shots. And so he would have to live off that and kind of be that, that jolt of energy off the bench. Uh, but where it starts is defensively. Can he man be the backup big? Can he be uh, a versatile guy who can get rebounding when you've got all those other guards on the floor, uh, coming off the bench? So it'll be interesting to see, uh, kind of where the direction of the team goes.
1: Um, I'm curious as your thoughts on this, uh, Herb Jones had a great, uh, rookie season, tremendous defensive player. I personally think Trey Murphy's going to make a quantum leap. I, I, I like his skill set. I think he's going to make that leap and, and become that outside scorer that you need. So if he does become that, is he better in the starting role next to CJ McCollum in the backcourt? You spread the court, you get more shots, you get open shots, a guy that can knock them down. Or do you want Herb Jones in there who's who's not as efficient offensively but gives you so much on the defensive end?
4: Right. Me personally, I would lean to leaving Herb in the, in the starting lineup. And the reason is people forget Herb right. is also a rookie. It's very easy to, to look at his performance last year defensively and think, oh, this guy's been the lead for 10 years, but he's also right. a rookie. So what he'll be able yeah. to do in terms of his growth and his ability to shoot, I'm sure that that'll be his main focus, shooting wide open uh, threes over and over and over, because that'll be the the majority of his shots. But what he offers defensively is something that every team needs. You look at the teams in the playoffs today. They all have a guy who can kind of uh, lock up the other person's best player. And you need that on a roster where you've already got Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson and Jonas and CJ, guys who can score. But what you don't have is someone that can lock somebody down uh, from the other team. And that's what some of these other teams that have lost in the playoffs are struggling with because they don't have that guy. Well, you've got a guy who's in this coming out of his rookie year on fire, right? And so you've already right. got that guy to go alongside with all the other talent that you have that's also in its infancy in terms of growing as a team. I so like it. I would leave it like there. It. And, you know, Willie Green has yeah. done a good job of going back and forth um, in terms of figuring like out it. what's the best closing lineup and things like that and play it by ear depending on who's having the, the hot game.
1: I agree with you 1,000%. Last thing, and I'll let you get out of here. What do you think the message from... Uh, David Griffin and Willie Green was to Zion. What do you think they told him about this most important offseason for him?
4: Sure. I think the biggest thing is, you know, I think Zion probably struggled uh, this summer mentally or this year mentally, you know, not being able to play, not being able to be a part of his team. So I think the, the first thing was get healthy in every aspect, right? Like the most important thing is you come back in the best shape of your life, the best uh, mentality of your life because this is the, the opportunity to really take off, uh, for this organization and you're the, you're the key to it. And so I think the biggest thing is just getting Dion's head on straight. It seems as if he already has a really close relationship with the locker room. So the biggest thing is just being, getting him in the right mindset to attack this offseason like he's never attacked anything before. And when he comes back, being a leader, being, being someone that folks can go to, and it seems like he had that personality already
1: or lose about 15 pounds be in great shape right <laughs> up and down the floor and i hope with this group that they will all get together and they will train and work out together at some point in time whether it be in la or heaven forbid in new orleans itself um keep yeah. that chemistry going That that's the most important thing they've got an opportunity to make a make a huge leap in this thing all predicated upon staying healthy uh so it'll be mm-hmm. interesting i I hope they hit it out the park with this eighth pick. Give me a guy that can shoot, knock down shots from the perimeter. Uh, that's what I need. I don't know who it is, but <laughs> find me somebody that can do that. And then, then I think, do you believe Jackson Hayes and uh, Devontae Graham would uh, garner interest in a package deal, a two-for-one kind of a deal? Do you think that you could get something of value for them?
4: Yeah, I think it would have to depend on the situation. It, it, it would be a team looking for the upside uh, in a Jackson Hayes in terms of his up moments. Could they keep it consistent? Would a change of scenery be better for him? Maybe someone coming from an optimistic standpoint there um, or from a Devonte Graham situation, it would depend on, Hey, is this a two team trade or is this a three team trade? What are we doing from a ultimate goal perspective? And so, It'll be interesting to see what things move. If you seen anything from Gretzky, he's been very aggressive in offseason, making moves right. here and there to shore up uh, the weaknesses of the roster. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. I can't see a team outright that is just saying, hey, let me see both of those players on my roster. So it may be, you know, right. some mixing and matching here and there. Gotcha.
1: All I can say to you, Rafe Rattler, is what the heck took me so long? Dude. <laughs> no- that was awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, the NBA is like the NFL, it's never a slow time. And uh, let's do <laughs> this again down the road, okay? Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. You're the best, man. Have a great memorial uh, uh, holiday weekend, man. Thank you so much. Rafe Rattler, he's, uh, he's good, very good. All right, the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a $50 gift certificate to ReShard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Now, yeah, Seafood Patty has some of the best boiled crawfish, but guess what? They got boiled shrimp, boiled crabs. Oh, I love boiled crabs. I love them. Fried and grilled seafood, poor boys, and a seafood buffet. So go go sign up for the Game Clubhouse. You know the drill. 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's not going to cost you a dime. Just go sign up. And you'll have the opportunity to score a $50 gift certificate amongst all the other things that we offer, but this $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood patio. All right, we'll update the um, SEC scoreboard and we'll close out our number one. After this timeout, this is the Jordy Helford Show. We are on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles with Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We're heading to the weekend.
0: We'll be back. Jordy Holtberg has been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast booth. But did you know he was also a star on the dance floor? Please wash the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time and you can hiss my hair. John Travolta ain't got nothing on the blonde bomber. Now back to the man with all the moves. Jordy Holtberg and the Jordy Holtberg show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: All right, um, Vanderbilt had runners at second and third, two outs. Kentucky strikes out the last batter. Kentucky now going to the bottom of the fifth, leading Vanderbilt in an elimination game. Van, uh, Kentucky three, Vanderbilt one. Today's the day you're going to sign up for the game clubhouse, right? It's uh, not only free to join, but you get the chance to enter to win tremendous free gifts, like a $150 gift, gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. Oh, mouth-watering steaks cooked to perfection, tremendous size, and so much more. You can only score that $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Takehouse by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. Um, Cajuns getting ready to start at 4 o'clock against South Alabama. McNeese holds on, wins in 12 innings, 6-5 to over Southeast, and they'll try and wrap it up tonight. And advance to the NCAA tournament. They don't want to play on a Saturday um, against Southeastern, and uh, and much much more coming your way. The regular crowd shuffles in on a Friday. Larry Holder with the Saints, George Faust, all things Cajuns. George Becknell will knock it around the park. This is the Jordy Heltberg Show on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette. One zero four one Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. One hour down, one to go on this Friday, May 27. Hope you
0: stick around. We'll be back. Live and local. This is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. this is the Jordy holtberg show hey baby we're gonna be here all day call us up at 337-706-0111 i like this kind of party now
1: here's your host Jordy holtberg hour number two of two and away we go on a friday may 27th uh, as we get ready to start the um, memorial day holiday weekend um Hope everybody is safe and, uh, and, and takes care of themselves, but has a great time wherever you go, whoever you are with. Um, be safe, but have some fun. Um, we begin our number two, as we always do on a Friday, unless he's playing some tennis tournament somewhere. But our good friend Larry Holder from The Athletic to shed some insight on uh, various and the sundry things. Uh, Larry, uh, missed you last Friday, but... How did you play, by the way? Did you uh, did you dazzle them?
3: Well, it's funny. I uh, I played three matches at at uh, Oakbourne in Lafayette yes. on Friday. Yes. So uh, it was. Uh, I will say it was. Uh, it started off well, and then um, we weren't supposed to play three matches on the first day, and mm. uh, I wish I did not because I did not win that. One. <laughs> so um, uh, last Friday, matches, I at least went two and one.
1: Well, three matches in one day. I don't care how young you are. Um, how, how did Sunday feel or whatever, uh, Saturday feel? Were you exhausted?
3: Uh, Friday felt bad. <laughs> and I played three singles matches, which I don't, I'm a doubles guy. And so I played three singles matches and it was, uh, I don't think I was cut out for that. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but Hey, I, it, but I will say, I mean, it's just, uh, just coincidence, but man, we had a, we, I had a great weekend at Lafayette. Uh, a lot of good eats, a lot of good fun. Yeah. Uh, so I, I enjoyed my time uh hit back that way it's it's been a minute have been a laugh yet
1: come on back spend some of your money in some of those restaurants that's great deal you know, we got the the french open at roland garros playing i swear to goodness. i can't i can't name five people that play tennis anymore what what's happening to me i i mean i can't i can't name them i don't know anybody on the women's side
3: <laughs> yeah some of, some of the uh yeah, you know Iga Swiatek. I mean, she's the number one player in the world. Uh, you, you probably couldn't pick her out of a crowd. So, no. Uh, no. yeah, and then uh, and then the men. I mean, you still got the top two names. Uh, you still right. got uh, Djokovic and Nadal, but they might play right. in the quarters because they're in that side of the bracket. So uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a lot panic. of a lot of young young talents starting to kind of come up. Uh, in men's tennis, and he's playing right now. A guy I'd keep an eye on is Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, he's yeah, yeah, nineteen, and he's been he's been rocking it this this season. And even with a win on clay against Nadal uh, a couple weeks ago.
1: Hmm. Interesting, Larry Holder, the athletic. All right, the uh, the Saints have had some OTAs, and uh, Jameis Winston uh, has got that. Um, braced uh on, on his uh, left knee to support that surgically repaired acl I, I read something that's interesting he's got his hair is really long and he said he's been growing his hair out as a sort of a way to remind himself how long it's been since the last time he played and he plans to continue growing it until he sees the fields for a real game again um kind of remarkable he's back playing it's his team right and as he goes that there's so much on this guy's shoulders
3: so much oh, there's no doubt there's no doubt they because they've given him the pieces to the puzzle now uh like last yeah. year uh you know he would he 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 was five and two as a starter but it was almost kind of like smoke and mirrors <laughs> uh, you know yeah. now uh, uh even though michael thomas isn't out at ota's practicing but i mean they expect him to be ready to go and you know when you've got uh, a trio now of uh, three receivers you didn't even play with last year, and uh, they're upgrades across the board, in my opinion. With Thomas,
2: of course, yep. Jarvis
3: Landry uh, coming back home, and then uh, the uh, the addition of Chris Olave and Jordy. I'm with you that that uh, I I still feel like what are we seven months, six, seven months removed from him tearing the ACL, and he's yep. out there at OTAs. But I think that kind of just shows. Yeah, um, kind of the guts he's got, and what he knows that this is a great opportunity for uh, uh for them, and uh, to kind of get acclimated with uh, some of the new teammates, and and kind of show that uh, this is his team. Because yeah, look, it is. I mean, he is. It's not a. He, he's not battling for a starting job. I mean, no. Andy Dalton is there in case Jameis gets hurt, and right. that's uh, that's. Uh, and I think he wants to kind of establish that. And uh, but like you said, I mean. he, he yeah, if, here's the thing, too. If he wasn't, if he was established as a starter already, and you know, say if he was, you know, say if this was Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. I don't think Patrick Mahomes would have to be out at OTAs seven months removed right. from ACL That's surgery. Right. I think it's a little even in his own head. Jameis Winston knows this is a little bit different, and so he's getting out there and, and really uh, trying to make this uh, his team, and and really, you know, kind of. Knock some naysayers, not just for him, but, uh, you know, it, it seems like the people outside of New Orleans are down on the Saints. And, you know, I, yeah. I, uh, I, I disagree with some of those guys who were a little too. bit down on the Saints.
1: I think the defense is better, um, and they were pretty good to start off with. And I, I just think, you we know about the ACL. What the heck did Michael Thomas actually have? He, it's taken him forever to get back, and he's still not back on the field.
3: Yeah, it's um, you know, well he had a setback and it was it's always been an ankle. Uh so uh, you know, he's had a bit of a setback uh that that happened last year after, you know, and you know when Sean Payton remember last season he came out and said that he he was he changed his tune a little bit because before that he was just ticked at him he said no, this is a genuine setback and so but no, it's look, Michael Thomas is doing stuff like he's working out, doing all, yeah. you know. So the fact though that he's not back on the field per se, I do think that's You know, that was one of the questions you were wondering. I mean, will he be on the field when it's mandatory for minicamp? I mean, he might be there, but maybe he doesn't participate. I don't know. I think you would have thought he would have been ready back to go. (laughs) Seriously. I'm with you with with a little bit of question now.
1: Yeah, I I don't understand it. Here's another pet peeve from the so-called pundits out there. Everybody is saying, oh, the Saints are really going to miss – Sean Payton and uh, Dennis Allen's got big shoes. And I understand Yeah, Sean Payton's great. No question. How come nobody says anything about, well, the Buccaneers are sure going to miss Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles. I mean, Todd Bowles coached the jets, Dennis Allen coached the Raiders. Neither one. I don't care if Vince Lombardi came back and Bill Belichick was coaching. They couldn't win with those teams. Nobody could. So they both had miserable experiences, but everybody's down on Dennis Allen and the Saints, and nobody's saying, is it some, simply because, oh, well, we got Tom Brady?
3: Yes, that is it. That is it. <laughs> okay. That really is. It, it comes down to that. I mean, it, because if anyone looks at it, uh, the Saints have had the Bucks number the last two years outside of, and you know, the loss in the playoffs. Right. And they've won every regular season battle. Yep. It, it's just, it's funny how that is. But, no, it's definitely the Tom Brady fact. I don't think there's any – doubt about that because I could look at some of the things outside of the head coach in Tampa Look, they've got to replace two starting guards uh, uh Chris Godwin is coming off of an ACL and obviously you know he he tore it much later than even Jameis Winston so uh you know and you lost some pieces on defense and the secondary and so mm-hmm. it's not like they looked they had lost pieces and so I think that that is a uh, that's Something that it's the Tom Brady factor. I mean, that's it, really, is it? I mean, because uh, and also, you know, I think, yeah, I, I just it's funny because Todd, like you said, Todd Bowles didn't have this great coaching career, head coaching, mm-hmm. Dennis Allen had a worse coaching career, uh, in as terms of a head coach, so maybe that's part of it too. But I it's it's Tom Brady, it's the Tom Brady factor because that's what if the Saints had Tom Brady, uh, no one they'd probably say, oh. You know, Saints are the favorites. Uh, we don't care about the coaching change. You, you know, he's, he's that much of a difference maker.
1: That son of a gun's going to have to start declining. I mean, he's going to have to start declining. It's just an, a natural. The other thing, everything is about Jameis Winston. His injury. How is he going to play at the quarterback spot? But to me, the other major thing is the Alvin Kamara situation, and it's been very quiet. I know they're going to do something in August, but um, how much of a factor is that? And you know. When are we going to find out
3: something? Yeah, I think it's uh, – we're not going to find out. I mean, obviously nothing before August. Uh, right. And I think the the NFL won't make a real decision on it until, uh, until the, the criminal uh, case has been settled or uh, you know, there's a judgment there. So I think it's just going to be kind of lingering, kind of like what happened with Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, when he was yep. arrested and this thing just lingered – And you know charges were dropped, nothing ever happened with him, but you know it it lingered. I didn't, you know, I I think the Saints probably feel comfortable that they're going to go into the season having Kamara, but uh, they can make a decision at any point. And uh, you know, look, Deshaun Watson, there's no decision there yet. I mean, that and that the criminal part of that is gone. Right. The civil part still exists, and I mean, you know, so uh, they're moving slow on that, and you know, that's a much larger. Of, of an investigation, so I understand that. But still, right. uh, the NFL really kind of moves at its own pace. And so I think that uh, – uh, I don't think the Saints know because we don't know how this is going to end legally. So until that right. ends, uh, we, it's Oof. just kind of – you assume you got him until you don't. And, I mean, it, you yeah. basically just got to treat it like if he's injured, uh, you know, when yeah. if slash when uh, he, he's forced to be sidelined. Um. Did you
1: uh, like the Saints' schedule? I hate the fact they got to go play in Cleveland and Philadelphia, like Christmas Eve and New Year's Day in those environments in that weather. But other than that, you got to play who you got to play. It doesn't doesn't really matter. But I'd much rather play those guys in September uh, than playing them in late December, early January.
3: Yeah, I think when you look at it, uh, the schedule – I would say it's favorable through the first five weeks, and then you almost running to that. I'd say every game leading up to their bye—that's another eight games. I think it's it's a challenge. I mean, you got the Bengals in there. Uh, you know, you, you're. Uh, uh, I, I'm trying to remember the stretch. I mean, you play Baltimore, and uh, you know you, you've got San Francisco in there, and Arizona, and Tampa, and uh, you, outside of Cleveland, you got the whole AFC North in that in that. kind of cluster. And so I I think that is certainly going to be a massive challenge. And considering you're not going to have a buy until you're, uh, you're you're You're, done with that kind of gauntlet of a schedule. uh, You know, you're here's the thing. I I would look at that and and think, man, I think the Saints would feel good if they got to eight and five to hit the buy, because I think they can, that the first five are favorable And then you got to allow yourself for some hiccups along the way because a lot of these games are going to be either toss-up games or the Saints are going to be an underdog. And and we're not used to seeing that very often. So I think that if they got to the bye, eight and five, I think they would be feeling really good about themselves.
1: One last one. Um, When does mandatory uh, OTAs begin? Is that in Uh, June?
3: Yeah, mid-June. So they'll have two more weeks of OTAs, and then they'll have the – Mandatory mini camp, and it's it's yeah. Look, it's it. All the practices are, are will be regimented the same, but yeah. you know these these other ones where people are not even in town. I mean, right. everybody's got to be at the mini camp or they get fined. Yep. So I mean, I, right. I and I don't. There's no real contract disputes. Uh, you know, uh, maybe the only one you might be looking at. And I don't. I'm not saying that there is one, but Marcus Davenport's going in the last year of his deal. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm, he's probably not going to go through OTAs just because he doesn't want to risk that. And so I think that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, and I think you've seen that a lot actually throughout the league. I, I feel like you, you've seen fewer big names actually participating in OTAs yes. uh, yeah. th- this year. Uh, they've they've kind of chilled out. Maybe part of that is well, hey, you're making us play an extra game. Hey, uh, you go. I'm gonna. I'm going to sit out and and not risk anything in late May. Makes perfect sense.
1: Larry Holder, I'm the Athletic. You're the best. Have a great um, Memorial uh, weekend holiday. And uh, thank you for your time as always, man. It's always a lot of fun. You got it, buddy. All right. Talk to you as always. See you. You got it, man. Larry Holder of the Athletic uh, here on this Friday edition of the Jordy Hulpert Show. Um, The Game Clubhouse is free to join. You won't be spammed. And you'll get the opportunity to enter to win free stuff like a $25 gift certificate for Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou. And you like comfort food, like fried mozzarella sticks, maybe a barbecue pork sandwich, then sign up for the Game Clubhouse today. You can win a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. All things Raging Cajuns with uh, Mr. KLFY himself, George Faust. After this timeout, the Geordie Helper Show, 103.7. Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
0: There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. We'll never be royal, royal. It's time for Fridays with Faust, here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Isn't that clever? Fridays with Faust. Right. George, how are you, man? What's happening?
5: Oh, you know, another day in the neighborhood trying to get through a Friday, get to the weekend so I can watch some uh, some uh, little, little baseball, little kids baseball. <laughs> oh,
1: I, I heard the loudest scream. Was that your kids when school came to an end and they were free for the summer?
5: Yeah, you, you know it. They get out early too. They they they've been the last two days. They got out early, so oh. they've been screaming at about lunchtime. Usually, it's because <laughs> they're hungry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, the dad duties. Um, well, they're finally going to play baseball uh, at the Sunbelt Conference tournament. Weather in the state of Alabama has just been hectic. We've seen that with the Southeastern Conference tournament, um, and now the single elimination. Taking on South Alabama today uh, in about uh, forty minutes or so. Um, yep. You like that single eliminate, Man, that's that's tough. That's
5: that's. Uh, they, I, they were concerned that they weren't going to be able to get it in. I guess before the, the Sunday deadline. But uh, yeah, look, I, it's it's hard right with me. I mean, the coaches all voted on it, so it's not like yeah. uh, anybody is going to be surprised that oh wait, we're playing single elimination. So. Uh, I kind of I kind of like it. I mean, one and done. It it it, it changes the way you affect uh, how you how you approach your pitching it a sure little does. bit. You can uh, you can maybe uh, maybe use a guy that you didn't think you were going to be able to use because you know you don't have to save him for that elimination game possibly. And yeah, so I mean, there's there's advantages I guess and disadvantages. I, th- I think the disadvantages for the Cajuns is they're playing South Al one that's a rival game right i mean yeah. that that's a game where if you're going to lose in the sunbelt tournament you don't want to lose to those guys because of the history of the of the way the program mm-hmm. has been put together uh the the, the, the rival the, the the intensity between the two schools in the history of this league so um, yeah i i'm okay with the single elimination i actually i i, I prefer that to single double single uh, how the softball uh, tournament was set yeah. up and, yeah. in, in the Sunbelt Conference, and you know, even the even the SEC tournaments, single elimination first day, and then it's double the rest of the way through. So, right. Uh, right. yeah, I, 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 I one or the other, I'm cool with. I, I don't like when they switch it in the mid tournament. I guess that's just
6: the old okay. school.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it's fourth <laughs> seeded Louisiana versus fifth seeded South Alabama four o'clock the winner of that game in all likelihood will take on texas state on saturday around 7 p.m texas state has the nightcap tonight against um unseated ulm and texas state's really really good so um it'll be a it'll be a task Uh, the cajuns have to win the tournament or their season comes to an end right
5: yeah, yeah. I mean, all, for all intents and purposes, yeah, they got they got to unless they get to the championship game and just play a whale of a game and and lose on some fluke, I guess that yeah. that maybe be the only other way they could get in. But uh, yeah, they, they and that's that's a that's a tough road, man. <laughs> Texas State just swept them what three week two weekends ago, so uh, yeah. that, that maybe there's a little revenge if the Cajuns can get to that point. You still got to get through South Al. But uh, yeah, if the Cajuns can get to Texas State or ULM, I mean, you never know. Your tournaments, you know, kind of crazy sometimes. But uh, you only have to be better than that team on on one day, especially now it's single elimination. So, yeah. uh, and baseball, it's easier to be better than somebody. Like football, if the, if if you're playing Alabama, you kind of know they got the bigger, bigger, faster, stronger players
2: right. up against
5: you know a team a, a team of inferior. Uh, athletic ability but yeah in baseball it doesn't matter how big tall uh you know you are if you can locate your pitch and hit the get the timely hit and put up a couple of crooked number innings there you might come. you might have a shot
1: yeah i'm with you um boy tough tough close for softball what a great season they had it's tough on the road and um uh, they just met their match there, but uh, another great season in the books for, for softball.
5: Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing. They they in the past uh five I it's either four of the past five years, I looked it up, it's either I think it's four of the past five years, they finished with more than forty wins. And in twenty nineteen, that was the year they they ended the season uh with fifty two wins. They only had six losses. And that would, I, if I, if if memory serves me correctly, that was the year uh, where they got to the the, the right as COVID hit, in tw- I guess twenty nineteen twenty twenty. Right, they were right. number one in the RPI. They would have been the number. They would have obviously been a top eight seed, no doubt. And they might have been number one depending on where yeah. the they, the committee would have ranked them. So, under Jerry Glasgow, the the level, you know, a lot of people when Coach Glasgow was hired were a little. Uh, nervous that maybe the, the program would dip a little and not have the, uh, the stature that it had under uh, the low and then prior to that under uh, Coach Gerard right. and, uh, and so and that didn't happen when Coach Glasgow, they hired the right guy with Coach Glasgow yeah. because not only did he keep the level the same with the expectations, he, he's, he's even exceeded that a little bit, in my opinion, just because of the way – he, he's been handling the program and the quality of talent because the yeah. world has changed in, 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 in softball and in all of college athletics of how you get get teams together, put them together. And he, was, yeah. he, he did a great job of, you know, grabbing a, a couple of players that were from big power five schools that were, you know, in their last year, but they wanted to have a shot to play more or whatever it was. He was able to assemble teams that continually keep that bar uh, keep, they keep hitting that high bar that's been set by the previous uh, uh, coaching staffs and, and uh, the, hit, the, the, the guys who were kind of running the show before he got here. So uh, he's done a great job of that. So definitely yeah. impressed. And, and look, he said, "Look, Clemson that they were the they were the, the Clemson's where UL will be next year." That's what Coach Glasgow said. So okay. uh, if that's the case. And we, that that should be a fun next year uh, if they are going to be about tenth about in the country, which is not shocking because we know that UL softball has that that talent and that ability. So it's going to it's going to be fun to watch next season.
1: Uh, Oklahoma's like the New York Yankees. What are they like fifty and two? <laughs> so, I mean, that's un, yeah. it's ridiculous. What a powerhouse they are year after year. That's the softball capital of the world. Yeah,
5: yeah, it's a, it's amazing. Yeah, it's fun to watch softball, right? I mean, especially when you get to this caliber of, of talent, yeah. because they're so good, and they—they, it, I mean, it goes so fast. The game is a very quick game, and that—that's what I really enjoy about softball. Watching that, I mean, it's—it's. It's, you're right, though. I mean, Oklahoma has a storied program, and. And they 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 play the uh the national championship right in their backyard so yeah
1: yeah oklahoma city um I, I i would it's right next to the zoo and then they've got a uh a horse track next to that i'm I'm very familiar with that area doing all those games yeah. for the hornets for a couple of years in Oklahoma oh, yeah, sure. city up uh, yeah um i mean d i would i would be my knees would be shaking if I had a bat in my hand and those girls were throwing. A softball pitch to me i i wouldn't i couldn't hit one of those things if my life depended on it
5: let me tell you what man i i actually have done that before i that brooke mitchell used to be a pitcher who was a pitcher for the cajuns and they went to the my first assignment in sports here at klfy was was to uh was to go cover the 2003 Women's College World Series with the Cajuns, and uh, oh, I did a story with Brooke Mitchell. She struck me as she—I mean, I was a pretty decent baseball player, and I couldn't touch that stuff. She was—she <laughs> made me look so stupid. It was hilarious, and, and, and so it is—it is not easy to hit a softball. It, it's a different type of swing. You have to be short and super compact through the zone, and, and the ball's getting there so fast. And it's yep. going up, not coming down. So it's different for a baseball player. You're you're seeing it at a different angle. And, and yeah, it, it was. She threw me a, a, a rise ball, and I, I swear I, I I thought I started swinging when she got on the on the uh, in the circle, and that ball hit the glove, and I just started my swing. It was, <laughs> uh, it was I was like, what? <laughs>
1: George Fowles-Kale left by with us. Um, you gotta love. Sunbelt Conference football. Um, five of UL's 12 scheduled games for the 2022 regular season is going to be on the ESP, one of the ESPN family of networks. And I just look at it and go, uh, October 12th, Marshall, ESPN 2, a rematch of the New Orleans Bowl yep. on a Wednesday night at 630. I, I, you just kind of love Sunbelt Conference football. They'll, they'll play any day, any time, anywhere.
5: Hey, it's, it's the old, it's the old political thing, right? Hey, any publicity is good publicity. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, but, but you know what? I love it. I love playing midweek games. I know people yeah. like fans maybe don't like it, but for me, it's great. I, I that gives us a, a, a great story in the middle of the week. You yeah, can, you can handle all your business on whatever the See, game is. You, you preview, you go live out there. You got the full all... force of a weekday crew, and not you know because on the weekends in a small market and TV, you're you're solo dolo. You know you're you're doing it by yourself. <laughs> so if you have the full force of the whole newsroom behind it, it, it makes a, it makes it a lot easier to cover. So I'm all for. Well, I, I know sometimes the fans don't like it, but I'm telling you what it gives it it, it, it kind of puts a a, a a unique flair on the the ability to cover it a little more intently. I mean, we'll be live out there pre-game, you know, I'll, I'll it. cover it live yeah. post-game. I mean, it'll be it'll be the coverage uh from my standpoint is is a lot better.
1: Of course. That, 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 we've got the mean... whole team all about you george you selfish right look i, I appreciate <laughs> dr
5: brian maggard thinking of me
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's exactly right all right well uh you got grilling duties this weekend or you got to work on monday
5: oh look. well I, you know what I, I haven't looked at the schedule i didn't request off, but i you know it, it's all good if i have to work but yeah my wife's birthday is on Sunday, so uh, oh, I, you know we'll probably uh, take care of that. Uh, like I said, I'll be we'll be rolling around uh, uh, ballparks across the watching uh, my youngest son play some baseball. So um, well, you need to that's 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 what's on the schedule for for this Memorial Day weekend.
1: We got a new place in Baton Rouge. It's um it's like Vegas has come to Baton Rouge. It's called the Supper Club. <laughs> And okay. that's where you you need to take her. It's open Tuesday through Saturday night, dinner only. Oh, sweet! Uh, but but, oh, cool. but bring your um, bring your thick Check wallet, board. not the thin one. Bring your thick <laughs> okay, wallet. Okay, all, right. All, all right. right,
5: all right. Hey, look, you know no no no, no prices. Uh, you know the the doors all open when it comes to the wife. You know you take care there of a, whatever she there wants. You go. you, you got to take
1: care of uh, that'll pay for, <laughs> that'll, pay for a, that'll pay for a month's tuition. That dinner, uh, George. Thank oh. you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a great holiday weekend, man. It's always fun with you. And here's your uh, here's your closing thing. So I'll say goodbye.
0: All right. Thanks. Tune in next week to Jordy Holberg for Fridays with Faust here on oh, the Game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history, May 27th, 2001. Five-time British Open champion Tom Watson wins the first of six Champions Tour major titles with one stroke at the Senior PGA Championship at Ridgewood Country Club in New Jersey. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station
1: always a fun time of uh, the day and the day of the week uh, for me at 37 minutes after the hour on this friday may 27th i get to uh, talk with my producer james mesh and i get to welcome my good friend george becknell into the fray george uh how how have you been since last we spoke which was a week ago today how are you
6: Jordan, I'm fantastic, man. This is my favorite part of the week, so I'm pretty excited. How are you? Me too. Me too.
1: Um, Looking forward to the weekend. Got to work on Monday, but, uh, you know, life, uh, such is life. It's okay. Um, uh, Not a problem at all. Um, All right, let's start off with uh, the NBA, and I'll get James in this thing as well. Um, Steph Curry and Golden State wrapped up their series against uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Where do you have – Steph Curry in your hierarchy of NBA greats to you? Where where does he rank to you?
6: Well, I think if you really take into account everything, you know, his effect on the game, he has three rings. I think Steph Curry is a top 15 player of all time, in my opinion. Okay. He's kind of in that range between 10 and 15, probably closer to 15 for me. Um, And honestly, Golden State, I see them winning this championship, and I don't that that changes a lot for me but he's top 15 for sure at
1: least. okay uh james what do you think about steph
2: i like him in about that 12 to 15 range as well i think if the warriors do win the championship this year and then once he's able to get a finals mvp then i feel like with how much he's impacted the game and changed it so much then you can put him in the top 10 but for right now more in the teens
1: Okay, um, I, I think he's there as well. I'm not so sold on this um, finals MVP thing. I, I'm really not. I mean, Andre Iguodala won the the um, uh, finals right. MVP one year, and I don't have him anywhere in the top 100. Um, you know, but you take Steph Curry out. I, I just think his ability, the way it, you know, look, they outlawed the dunk because of Lou Cinder back in college. He changed the game. And Steph yes. Curry now has changed everybody's shooting threes and doing all the things that he does. He has changed. He has had such an impact on the game. So I'm with y'all. He's he's in my, you know, top, top 15 easily. Um, and I don't think he needs to win a um finals MVP to to up his status at all. I don't. Um Celtics heat tonight, um, in, in the garden, George. Um any any hope for the Heat at all in this thing?
6: Not a shot. Yeah, not a shot. I tell you what, I I got a better shot to go hit a hole in one tomorrow than <laughs> than Miami has to uh to to win this to, to win this game. You know, because Tyler Hero, he's hobbled, and yeah. the problem with Miami, Miami does not have enough guys who you can mm-hmm. throw him a ball and just go get a bucket. There's Dude, no way.
1: What happened to Kyle Lowry? He he looks like he like. He's never played a game of basketball in his life.
6: He's not healthy either. He he's not healthy. He's been leaving for for a long time. Got a lot of miles on those legs. You know that 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 happens, you know. So I don't, you know, Jimmy Butler is not enough to get this thing done. Yeah. He's uh James, done. James, do you
1: want do, it would you rather have a team that you followed that was Great defensively, because that's what Boston is. They are great mm. defensively. Or would you rather have the Golden State Warriors, who are prolific offensively? James, who would you prefer?
2: Well, me, who's played basketball, even if I play good defense, sometimes, even if I play it and they just make the shot, it was just better. Oh, so some, I, I'd have to go with the better offense because no matter how good defense I play, sometimes they'll still make it.
1: Yeah, I, I want to sell tickets. I want to make money. So. Give me the offense. Um, uh, George Becknell, James Mesh, yours truly. Um, LSU number versus number one Tennessee tonight, George. What do you think?
6: Ooh, that's going to be a tough one, Jordan. Yep. Um, <laughs> Tennessee's lost seven games all year. It's crazy. <laughs> but they're going to lose their eighth one tonight. I'm taking the Tigers. Tigers I'm taking are hot. the Tigers. Tigers they're hot. are hot. And look, they, they know that they're playing to host this to host this regional, you know, I think I think they're motivated. Tennessee is kind of down shifting. They know they got their are yeah, regional I'm, in the bag. I'm with Maybe you. Give me the Tigers.
1: I'm with. I like that approach. I think Tennessee's like, man, who cares? <laughs> we, yeah. we don't. We don't like staying in Hoover. Let's go back to Knoxville, and we'll be there for the regional, and we'll be there for the super regional, and we'll get ready for Omaha. I'm with you. I like that, James. What do you think? Tigers and the number one vows
2: It worries me. I know they did really well last night, since I did have to cover and stay up till one a.m. to to keep up with it. <laughs> <laughs> but they're going to be without K. Doty and Jacobberry, if I'm not mistaken. Though more they likely without not.
1: them against Kentucky as well. Yes,
2: I mean that that does worry me, since you will be playing Tennessee. Maybe they're not as motivated, but still not having two starters may be a difference maker for him. So I I may have to take Tennessee in this one.
1: Okay. All right. I'm going with LSU. What the heck? I think they need it. I think they realize if they win tonight, they're going to be hosting a regional. Plain and simple. I think that's the motivation. And they're hot. And um, give me the Tigers. Uh, George, Jameis Winston on the field. Seven months removed from that ACL. He's out there with OTAs and uh, I saw a shot of him throwing a deep one to Chris Olave. Nice,
6: huh? Oh, man, you got to love modern medicine. You know, I remember those those days where you tell ACL, your career's over. Now Jameis is yeah. back seven months later in the fold. I think the Saints are going to have a really good year. I think Jameis Winston, if he stays healthy, he's going to have a big year. They went out, they got him weapons. They got a good offensive line. They got an the elite defense. I couldn't be more excited. I, I had a I had a wager with my buddy. Uh, he doesn't believe in the Saints as much, so we got two hundred bucks on the line for twelve wins. So uh, wow, I, I'm these twelve.
1: Whoa!
6: What's your friend's name?
1: I, I may take a side bet with him against you on that one.
6: Twelve. Hey, Stan Savage, give him a call. But, Woo. Hey, I, I, I got all the confidence in the world that I'm gonna collect that two hundred bucks because I'm telling you, I believe in Jameis. Even the season that, you know, the Bruce Arians, no risky, no biscuit, thirty for thirty season, everybody throws interceptions under Bruce Arians. He had five thousand yards. Then he's got a better receiving core. It's gonna be a big year for him, and I'm, I couldn't be more excited.
1: Are you, uh, James? Are you um, buying stock in the Saints, or are you agreeing with most of the pundits that they got no
2: shot? <laughs> I'm so confident in Jameis and the Saints that I've, I I made two bets already on FanDuel that Jameis will lead the league <laughs> in passing yards and then that the Saints will make the playoffs. Of,
1: I got a bunch of gambling degenerates that I'm talking to. Guys, what are y'all doing?
2: I mean, if I'm that confident, why not? Okay. So it's a little $5 bet that'll get me two fifty five.
1: Oh, okay. $5 and, of course, big timer over there is betting 2 hundo. On yeah. It. I yeah, got gotcha. gotcha. you. Okay. Making me look like um, a bum. <laughs> I don't understand this Michael Thomas thing. I mean, Jameis has an ACL, and seven months later he's back on the field and he's doing stuff. Michael Thomas still in on the field, George. I mean, what's the deal with him?
6: I I don't know what the deal is, but hey, I would trade him. I would trade him as soon as possible because you know it does. It it almost looks like the Zion situation in in, in with the Pelicans. Like, do you do you really want to play? You know, like I'm not. You know, I don't know exactly what's going on, but it yeah. seemed like he doesn't want to be on the field bad enough, in my opinion. I, if he still got some type of value, I, I'd trade him. We, you know, the wide receiver room is still going to be good without him. You know, let's let's go. We got uh-huh. other guys, Spe- next man up.
1: Speaking of Zion, he was cleared by the organization to return to the court with no restrictions yesterday. But apparently, the Pelicans are saying, all right, according to Brian Windhorse, he said um, – From what he is told, the Pelicans are not willing to offer Zion a full five-year guaranteed deal. So they're going to run the Pelicans like they run the Saints in football. We're going to pay – you get $55 million, but uh, $35 million is guaranteed. When Zion sees that, what's going to happen now?
6: I don't think he's going to sign because somebody is going to give him a max contract, and that's just the market in the NBA – and I don't, I don't really blame the Pelicans because, you know, what Zion's played, what, a, a season in his first three or four years, right? Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah.
6: I, I just don't – I agree 100% with the Pelicans in this scenario. you got to protect your investment. And if he's not available, that hurts your chances because you have a very, very good squad to, you know, to make a run. So I don't blame him, but I don't think Zion signs it because there's somebody else that's willing to give him some guaranteed money. Once this contract runs
1: out, James, um, you, you sign a contract, you, you offer a contract and you tell the guy, look, just be healthy, play. We'll tear this contract up. Excuse me. Sneeze. <clears throat> we'll tear this contract up. We'll give you the max contract. Do you do you do that, James? Do you, do you how do you how do you massage Zion and not start all these rumors up again? All right. Here's another Chris Paul, Anthony Davis. He's going to flee the flock.
2: I mean, you kind of just have to work with them and just kind of word it a certain way and not be like, hey, do this. If you don't, you don't get the money. Just be like, hey, look, we need you, and we want to pay you. We definitely do. We're putting it up there, but the only thing is we just need you to be more cautious about your health. I feel like that's not something that's over the top and too much to ask for because look at players like LeBron. I mean, they've played through a bunch of stuff. We've seen Kobe and Jordan, they played through injuries I feel like the the best availability is availability. So if you're able to be available, we'll pay you everything. We'll make it fully guaranteed. I would I would
1: go talk to um, Steph Curry's agent. I'd go talk to Joel Embiid's agent because they both early in their careers were injured and they never set foot on the court, didn't know if they were ever going to play. Um, and look what's happened with them. You, you draw the parallels with those two, with Zion, and you say, look, Zion, wait dude, get in the best shape of your life, please. Yes. Quit eating so many beignets and and all (laughs) that stuff and get in shape, lose some pounds, get in shape. And when you do, when you play, we're going to pay you the the most you can possibly make. But until then, you got to show me, you got to show me. We still got you for a year. So show me and we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We want you. We need you. We can build a championship club around you.
2: You can take us to the next level.
1: Yeah, let's go. Man, 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 man.
2: But you um, said the key
6: word, the beignets, I mean, dog, he's got to stay away from that, man. It, to, he looks like man. a Mack truck on the on the floor, man. It's, it's unprofessional. Like, yeah. like, there's no reason why you should be that big.
1: If you could get a ticket to um, Texas A&M at Alabama football this year, would you go? Absolutely. Oh, I'd go.
6: I'd go. <laughs> and I And I'd wear my LSU gear. <laughs> and I would wait till the very end. I don't care how bad the score is. I want to see that post game handshake, which I think is going to turn into a five finger cross the face moment. And and I would I would rather see that. I might even show up at halftime.
1: Saban's going to beat their brains out in Tuscaloosa. I'm telling. It's so ironic that both of those guys used to be here at LSU um, and and all the great things they did, but they were always after each other because Saban was yeah. always in charge of the defense during practice, and Jimbo was the offensive coordinator. He was always in charge of the offense, and Sabin used to script things because he wanted his defense to look good, and Jimbo would call an audible, and he'd change plays up, and he'd embarrass the defense, and, and ooh, Nick didn't like that, man,
6: at all. Hey, But I, I don't blame Jimbo. You know, it's competition. We got to yeah. keep you sharp. That defense got to be good, just like the offense. So, yeah, all switch right. it up on him.
1: It's another holiday weekend. James Mesh, what's your go-to Memorial Day uh, grub? What What do you like on a Memorial Day?
2: Man, can never go wrong with burgers. burgers. Cheese, cheeseburgers, put a fried egg on it, get some bacon. Oof.
1: Fried egg on the burger? Nice. Oh, love that. Extra James, protein. James Mesh coming up with the... Wow. All right, George, what you got for me?
6: George, I can have a burger anytime I feel like it, man. Pass me the ribs. Really? me the ribs, the baked beans, and the corn on the cob. That's what I'd be doing. All
1: right, you're gonna laugh at me, but Memorial Day to me, I'm out hot on the dogs. water. I want the hot dog with the nice fresh bun. It. You know, I, I want all the <laughs> trimmings it. with it. I want sometimes. Sometimes I just want the plain with the mustard. And sometimes I want one with the with the the barbecue sauce on it. Sometimes I might go crazy and and, and do a little mustard ketchup combo. It just doesn't matter. I like. I like a good old-fashioned hot dog, believe it or not. And that's the only time of the year I'll do it. Maybe, maybe the fourth of July, but for some reason, Memorial Day is my ticket. Guys, um, thank you. George, have a great holiday weekend, man. You too, brother. Thank you very much. And Doug uh, James, you as well. Thank uh, you. Too. Final time out, and we'll wrap this bad boy up. The Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles We're Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holbert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: All right. Uh... Winding this down at 55 minutes after the hour, special thanks to our guest Bill Franquez at the SEC tournament, Rafe Rattler on the Pelicans, Larry Holder on the Saints, George Faust on the Raging Cajuns, and George Becknell along with James Mesh. Good luck to uh, McNeese as they try to wrap up the Southland Conference tournament tonight, 6 o'clock first pitch. Good luck to the Cajuns as they try to stave off South Alabama and stay alive In the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, that's at 4 o'clock. Good luck to LSU as they take on number one-ranked Tennessee tonight, roughly around 8 o'clock in a double elimination game. Um, I hope everybody has a great, great weekend. Um, If you're born today, if today's your birthday, May 27th, you celebrate along with two 54-year-olds, pretty good baseball players. Frank Thomas, 54. Hall of Famer Jeff Bagwell of the Astros is 54. And former Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback for the Florida Gators, Danny Werfel, is 48. I hope you have a safe, wonderful weekend and a holiday. Thanks to those um, that have served our country, um, that gave of themselves for our freedom. Um, it's, it's beyond. beyond. I have someone in my family who is no longer with us, who served in the Marines. So my heart um, is there with you, Josh, and I love you with all my heart. So have a great weekend, be safe and and enjoy things. So until Monday, when I come back to work, uh, stay thirsty, my friends, do everything you can to be, stay healthy, my friends, be kind to one another, and let's have some fun and be happy. So long, everybody.